Hello and welcome to this month's podcast from the European Respiratory Journal. My name is James Chalmers. I'm the chief editor of the European Respiratory Journal. And we're going to be talking asthma and the microbiome this month. I'm very pleased to be joined by a special guest. Zizi, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Zhao Zhongzhu. People usually go by name with Zizi. I'm assistant professor at Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital. My research interests mainly focus on the translational medicine for respiratory diseases and especially for asthma. And I'm also the early career editor at the European Respiratory Journal. We're delighted to have you with us this month. So we're going to be talking about a paper that's been published in the journal, Bacterial Colonization of the Airways in Neonates and Risk of Asthma and Allergy Until 18 Years. This is a paper you wrote the editorial for, ZZ. So tell us a bit about the paper and why we picked this one for publishing this month. Okay, great. So in this issue of European Respiratory Journal, the authors use a culture-dependent approach to examine the association between the neonatal airway bacterial colonization and the persistent weeds and asthma until 18 years in two prospective first cohorts, the COPSAC 2000 and the COPSAC 2010 cohorts. Specifically, the bacterial colonization includes three major airway bacterial species, Streptococcus pneumonia, Haemophilus influenza, and Marathsola cataratus. In the past few years, there's a growing literature has identified both bacterial colonization and microbial dysbiosis of the airway in the early life and they are associated with asthma development in early childhood. This literature comes from the many well-established cohorts, such as the Childhood Asthma Risk Study from Australia, the Mark 35 study from the US, and of course, the two COPSAC cohorts from Denmark. The current COPSAC study provides an evidence that the neonatal airway colonization of three major bacterial species was present in 21% of the children, and it was associated with a fourfold increased risk of persistent weeds and asthma by age seven years. In addition, this study adds to the growing evidence that the neonatal airway colonization was not associated with asthma development from age seven to age 18 years. This is a major strength of the study since not many birth cohort can have the follow-up data from birth until age 18 years. That's I really appreciate author's team's effort on this so that we can see such data in our ERJ journal. Back to the findings, they suggest that the presence of airway bacterial colonization in infants is associated with a transient weeds and asthma mechanism that is most predominant in early childhood and attenuate thereafter, in other words, uh, adolescence. According to the authors, this is uh, similar to the typical presentation of the viral weeds that is highly prevalent in preschool age and typically overall uh, during the school age. Furthermore, during the adolescence, other asthma risk factors, for example, obesity due to hormonal change or dietary change during the puberty can dominate asthma effect. That's the effect of early life risk factors, such as the neonatal airway colonization, is actually trivial. Lastly, this study also used the more molecular data to provide the potential biological insights. For example, the authors found that the neonatal airway colonization was associated with increased level of blood eosinophils and the TNF-alpha until age 12 years. Specifically, the authors found that the Haemophilus influenza was associated with a higher level of TNF-alpha in the blood, and the Maraxilla cataratus was associated with a higher level of eosinophils in the blood. Overall, I think this is a great study with very unique data and novel findings. To take a further step, 
So building on this existing translational findings, I think the future direction of microbiome research for respiratory diseases involves a shift towards a more personalized medicine and the therapeutics with a focus on leveraging the individual microbiome profiles for targeted treatment, such as using the microbiome for endotype analysis. And I think James is a very good expert in this field. <laughs> to move towards to this direction, several schemes should be considered. First, we need to focus on the exploring the complex interplay between the microbiome, environmental factors, uh, such as air pollution or respiratory virus, and the host. We can now just look at the microbiome itself, but we need to look at very complex interplay by considering many different factors. Second, the recent advancement in artificial intelligence, such as machine learning approach, will enable scientists to use the complex models on the microbiome or other omics data for precision medicine. However, we still need to be a little bit more careful about this to make sure that our ERJ readers will appreciate this very noble approach so that they can gain very useful knowledge when they read such papers in, in our journal. Third, the advanced microbiome profiling techniques, including the precise sequencing methods, will also enhance our understanding of the microbiome's composition, dynamics, and function. As research continues to unfold, these ongoing discoveries will facilitate the development of early-life microbiome target strategies for the primary prevention of childhood asthma. So that's the major summary and my thoughts for the future direction of the microbiome research. Well, really nicely summarized. And it is a very powerful paper, particularly with that degree of long-term follow-up. The obvious question, I think, is whether this is chicken or egg. So is it that children who have abnormal airways and other comorbidities get bacterial colonization? Or do you think bacteria are actually drivers of, of early life wheeze and ultimately asthma development? And clues? From what you've read? Yes, I think because of the very early time point for this authorsly measure the microbiome, it's definitely it potentially, I think the early life microbiome will contribute to a childhood asthma development by age six years. And during this process, there are definitely very complex mechanisms underlying that. And we, we cannot say that microbiome is the only factor for, for asthma development. So it's very, it should be a complex interplay between the microbiome and host and other factors. Yeah, there's a number of previous studies have shown that things like maternal diet, whether you're born by cesarean section or not, breastfeeding or not, can influence the early life microbiome. I'm wondering if they looked at any of these factors or adjusted for any of these factors in their analysis or how you think we can resolve this complex interplay of what happens to the microbiome in early life. Yes, the COPSAC group definitely have the maternal data and they have published several papers on C-sections. And, uh, and the breast milk and all that affect the early life microbiome in the airway and both airway and the gut. And I think this group has considered those to how that modify the effect of the early life microbiome and contribute to later life asthma development. Yes, they have to consider that. Yeah. So I guess the question in my mind following on from that is whether there are interventions we can think of that can modify the early life microbiome to try and prevent asthma. I guess we're not there yet, but this kind of data is leading us towards that. Yes. My thinking is if we want to prevent asthma, it's better to prevent asthma as early as possible. So childhood, uh, early infancy is early, but what's earlier than that, which is maternal exposure. So they're definitely going to help with some of the uh, uh, you know, microbiome or other factors in early life that can modify the effect for asthma uh, in childhood. 
that will be a very important step to consider. So as well as talking about this paper, I wanted to talk about your experience as one of our early career editors at the European Respiratory Journal. So you've been in post now for more than a year. Um, I hope you're enjoying it. When you're looking at a paper like this as an early career editor, you know what what were you looking for? What about this paper made you think this is what I'm going to accept? Yes. So first of all, I want to say the ERJ early career editor scheme a program will is a very very good program for early career investigators in the respiratory field, uh, such as myself. And uh, I have learned so much from being the editor and handling many papers. And I see. You know, different level of papers. And so obviously this one is a very good paper that we accepted. And so in my personal feeling, I think for the future of ERJ, we want to promote more mechanistic studies, not just single omics or single exposure versus single outcome. But instead, we want to integrate many different techniques to make sure that we have a more comprehensive understanding for the mechanisms of the respiratory diseases and uh, how they work together to contribute for that. Yeah, I agree. So we're seeing a shift, I think, in a lot of diseases to thinking about early life mechanisms. There's a big push in COBD, for example. Uh, we've talked about that on some of our previous podcasts. And so having some of these really well-done mechanistic studies and observational cohort studies in these diseases looking at early life is really exciting. So I want to thank you for your contribution as an early career editor. You're doing a fantastic job. We've got a new advert going out for a new round of early career editors at the end of this year. So I want to encourage anyone who's an early career member of the European Research Society and interested in scientific publishing to consider following Zizi's brilliant example and joining us at the ERJ as an associate editor, getting some experience of scientific publishing. Any final words or any final pieces of advice to anybody who's considering uh, joining the journal, ZZ? Uh, yes, I completely echo James for the suggestion. This ERJ has one of the top respiratory journals in the field, and I think this is a very good opportunity for early career investigators in the respiratory field to practice their editorial knowledge and how they can handle papers, how they can review papers, how they can invite reviewers. And during this process, definitely will there, there's many complex tasks, and I think being the editor here will help to learn the science from the other angle, and not just from the authors, and then that will be a very good opportunity to interact with the respiratory society. So I want to thank you for joining us and telling us about the paper this month, Zizi. Thank you, James. The paper this month is Bacterial Colonization of the Airways in Neonates at Risk of Asthma and Allergy Until Age 18. It's by uh, Sunda et al., and it's available to read on the European Respiratory Journal website. Please join us again next month for more exciting science from the ERJ. And with that, goodbye.